Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. In this episode, our very first, we're going to cover one of the most important topics to uh, content creators. It's finding your voice. More on that in just a second. First of all, hey, welcome. It's our very first episode. This is The Fizzle Show. This is where us three guys talk about how we see business, what we've learned, and uh, we have the goal that you don't have some list of rules or something to follow after this, but that you have some internal fire, some something sparked in you, some insight, just so you could take the very next step for your own business. We'll get into who we are a bit more later um, in, in a couple following episodes, but here's what you need to know right now. Okay, Your hosts are Corbett Barr, Caleb Wojcik, and myself, Chase Reeves. Corbett's the smart guy. Caleb's the guy with the deep voice. And I'm, I'm sort of the dancing monkey. <laughs> and we all run thinktraffic.net and fizzle.co. We've, uh, we've built our businesses as independent entrepreneurs, and we're going to talk all about it throughout the course of this show. So this topic on finding your voice, it's important. Uh, so what we've done is we've, we've cut this conversation into two parts. So you want to be sure to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher or Instacast or, or anything else that you use to subscribe to podcasts. Do so for this show, if you haven't already, so that you get the second part of this conversation as soon as it's out. So, finding your voice. It can be the difference between running an engaging and impactful business or just being boring, being ignored. This difference is critical. So in this conversation, we get into several tips and tricks, uh, including five ways to know you haven't found your voice and an interview with a big blogger where he shares how he found his voice. I'll be back just after this conversation to fill in any gaps, uh, including some important news about the next couple episodes. So let's get into it. We'll see. This is a this is a deep topic. Is it? This is probably the deepest topic I've ever contemplated blogging wise we're we're getting that for deep. me for me but maybe not for you maybe well, hold on you just said this is the deepest topic you probably know about in terms of writing a, a, the blog the deepest posting. topic that i've thought about because for me like the final frontier is self realization mm-hmm. or self-awareness okay okay and this is like well you're gonna have to qualify that but i'll let you keep yeah, yeah going. no no i'm gonna qualify it right now so um and basically whenever you look at someone else that you get to know for a while, you can see all kinds of things that are issues and mental blocks for them that kind of keep them from being happy and from being who they could be if they were able to fully, you know, live their life. Think about friends. Say that again. Think about friends of yours Uh and how from the outside, you can see things that they're doing with their life. And you're like, they shouldn't be doing that. Or like when you sit down and gossip about a third friend, who's not there with someone else. And you're like, Oh man, can you believe that Caleb, like you know, is into hockey? Like, Can't how, believe it. No, not 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 into hockey, but <laughs> but no, but things serious things about about their personality or about how like he should just do that. Like, why yeah. doesn't he do that? It's so stupid. Like yeah. we like I have these friends who really want to start a business, for uh-huh. example, and they're both doing corporate jobs that they don't particularly like. Yeah, but they're so afraid to take that leap. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about them from the outside, it's like, well, yeah, it's going to be painful, but they should just go through that. And in five years or ten years from now, they're going to be super happy. So what does this have to do and with finding saying, your voice? Okay, so Yeah, you're saying internally that's much harder to do. So internally, 
they don't see that about themselves, right? They don't see how it's just struggle and they'll get through it. Like they're paralyzed by fear. Uh Okay. So finding your voice to me is related to self-realization or self-actualization. Like being able to see yourself, how other people see you. You know what I mean? Because when you start writing, you're wrapped up in all of these different things in your head and you don't come across on paper like you should. Yeah. You don't come across like the real, you know, whoever. And and I think a smart writer, a lot of people have said, successful people say, you want to be successful? Start writing more. Because, and I, they haven't, I haven't really heard them explain it, but what I, what I suspect they're saying that for is because it forces you to think things through. You find a point of view. You know when you're putting things down on paper that it's like, oh, this is rubbish. This is really bad. Like, I don't even have a point here. What am I writing? Have you, ever, you remember that in college? When you're writing like this big, massive whole thing and you like spend days like nights and nights and nights putting this thing together and then like there's there's like three days left you've been working on it for three weeks and you just finally figured out what it's about and you have to go back and rewrite the whole thing and you're kind of fired up about it but that was three weeks of digging to find something that like your shovel hits something congratulations because i swear that i never spent more than like one day (laughs) writing a paper even if it had to be like 10 pages long i was like screw it i'm gonna write it the night before that's what liberal arts was good for i was like writing things i was interested in yeah but it was a ton of work yeah trying to so like for me when i sit down and and write it you know there's this blank page Mm -hmm. there's this there's this and it's all in some ways it's asking me what kind of man are you well, who are you and what do you like? And you know what I mean? And like, well, what kind of person are you? You know, all of these things about like, you know, that like all of a sudden I'm quivering this little like ribbon of flesh, like just sitting in the yeah. glow of the LED. Um, so I see, I hear what you're saying about the self-actualization of finding your voice. Yeah. And realizing being able to perceive how you're coming across to the world and to other people, like being able to see yourself objectively in life is a really valuable skill and that yeah. really gets put to the test when you're on a stage either writing and i want to be clear like when we're talking about finding your voice writing is the thing that comes up mo- most often yeah but it's the same for podcasting or taping Video videos or, or, or speaking or whatever you have to find your voice in all of those situations and i think that uh expressing yourself through writing is difficult so finding your voice with writing sometimes involves mechanics and just writing ability yeah but being on stage or on camera shines a light on you that makes you feel more nervous and like you know just scared yeah um and so that can make finding your voice in that way difficult even if you already know what your voice is through writing yeah you know what i mean because the instrument is different yeah and it reminds me of something that you actually said in i think it was the part two of the motivation thing we recorded the episode that we recorded might have been part one but it was oh no it was the value conversation we were having about one of the things you said was it's more about who you are in front of this audience mm-hmm. than it is about who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, it reminds me of what you just said. To me, I wrote that down. Like when I was listening to it again, I wrote that because I thought that was like, that was a big point for me. They're the golden retriever type who's just like, every time I sit down to write on the page, like I'm, I'm expected to have an existential crisis and an epiphany. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm holding myself to that yeah. because I listened to too much emo or something like that when I was in high school or whatever, you know? I want to have some, you know, catcher in the rye experience on the page when really it's about a whole mix of other things. So let's get into these things so yeah, and let's talk, and let's with. and let's frame it from the other way first. I want to bring up, you know, how do you know if you haven't found your voice? What are the symptoms of that? 
Okay. Caleb, do you have any any ideas? Like how, how would somebody know if they're not writing in their true voice? I think it can be hard to know yourself, but if you show someone else something you've done, whether that's like you were saying, written or audio or video, and they watch it and they say that's not you, like that's a clear indication. And you know, written, I feel like I've found my voice, but on video I still haven't. Mm-hmm. And so when I show something on video to my wife, she looks at it, she's like, That's not you. Mm. Or if I like present something in like a business school type environment, I like have this whole different persona that I put on because that's why I was trained to do it when I was in school. It was like very serious, get the facts, move on, that sort of Newscaster thing. Newscaster so, style. Yeah. yeah. And I think if you can show it to somebody else, or if you are able to step back that self-actualization stuff you were talking about, if you're able to view yourself that way, that's how you can tell. Yeah. Another way is like the engagement of your audience. If there is no engagement, you probably haven't found your voice yet. Yeah. You're probably not saying things that are interesting enough in the fashion that you should be saying them to grow your audience and to have engagement there. Yeah, that the the tip about showing stuff to other people. I mean, that's how that's how I figured out that I wasn't really writing my true voice. I mean, I think sometimes it just feels weird. You yeah. feel like, oh, why can't I get my point across? Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, you're not expressing yourself. And maybe this happens, maybe finding your voice can even exist on a one-on-one level before you're even on a stage or writing for an audience. It can happen just in conversation with someone else. Yeah. Maybe if you're not getting your point across, it's because you're, you know, keeping things bottled up and not, you know, truly expressing yourself. I feel like you, Chase, have been on stage in front of people honing your craft for so long that this maybe hasn't been an issue for you in the same way. Yes and no. Um, as you're talking, Caleb, I, I realized one of the things that's been really big for me is realizing and, and actually saying that I'm the dumbest guy in the room. Because, uh, like in nine, nine situations out of ten. Um, and what do I mean by that? It's kind of getting back to that underwear thing uh, that we talked about. It's the fact that all I can really say is what I can say. I can't say a bunch of other bullshit that I would love to say. You know what I mean? I would love to tell you what converts best. But I can't really tell you that. Because I can get great results from a bunch of different stuff. What I can tell you is that that feels lame and this doesn't. You know what I mean? What I, yeah. So so one of the things been, when I was at a startup in Portland, um, we would walk into and have these big meetings in these boardrooms with big companies. You know what I mean? And I, would, I just got used to, because my CEO there was so good, was so good and so strong, and he was so laid back too, it just taught me how to be in that room. You know what I mean? Where I, where he could, he wouldn't lean on me to say something that I didn't know or believe in. He would only lean on me when when it was in the area of my expertise, mm-hmm. right? So getting used to that, getting used to like the fact that I'm not here to say to to say something you want to hear. I'm here to say something that I can say, right? And maybe and even better if I can say something that I can that I can say that is true and that I want to say and that I like to say it this way. This this is really profound. I think this is a really good tip for people in finding your voice because. Sure. A lot of people try to write, they try to write outside of their bounds or outside of their expertise. Yeah. And right away, that's going to make you sound inauthentic. It's for sure, the biggest tip that I've ever come across for me, if this, this has been made the biggest impact on me, mm-hmm. is just realizing I can only write what I can write. Mm-hmm. I can only say what I can say. 
So I can go try to be a Merlin man or a John Gruber or, you know, so like sometimes on, on Ice to the Brim, I'll write like more like technical how-to posts just because like I want to try to find this later on. Yeah. I've stopped writing that for someone who inevitably those get a ton of traffic because there's just some random like how to install MAMP and Parallels on yeah. the same box and get them both to use. Right. Yada, yada. Uh, but So they get up getting a lot of traffic. But guess what? That traffic sucks. And, and most of those people... Uh, coming to it, they all like are like this is super helpful. Why? Because I wrote it just to me. <laughs> I literally wrote it as like, a, oh, don't forget to plug in the dingus and do yeah. the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like you just publish your notes. I just you know, and that has become uh, a same thing with Father Apprentice. When I started writing for that, you can go find. I I could try to give you good. I could try to be like a teacher. Or a, a child development expert, mm. but I'm super not yeah. that. You know, yeah. So I can write that fatherhood is super tough. It's so, also so I'm really getting two things. One is like don't write outside of your expertise, but then also just to like admit it and be humble about it. Like you, you, you know, say I'm the dumbest guy in the room, yeah. which is far from true, but it puts you in a place that makes you feel comfortable. So for a lot of people, you know, if yeah. they're writing and trying to write about something, some topic in particular, they can say. You know, just starting out by being honest about it and saying, look, you know, I only have two years of experience with this. I've gone through a lot of stuff. And here's what I know from what I've gone through. This isn't the be all end all greatest yeah. answer in the world. But just like starting from an honest place, that's yeah. a big part of finding your voice. Th- that, and for me, and maybe it's not as big for you guys uh, or different personality types, but for me. The enthusiast, the guy who, want, who like sits in front of the blank pixels and like wants to like have a, you know, catcher in the rye kind of moment, mm-hmm. you know. I that's like the biggest deal for me to just say, hey, screw the catcher in the rye. Yep. You're not in high school anymore. Yep. You're just where you are. And guess what? Like it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. Just write what you can write. Well, and there's this whole concept, uh, a phrase of fake it till you make it. Yeah. People lean on this a lot, but there's a delicate balance there, and this is really intertwined with finding your voice. The idea of fake it till you make it is, you know, act like an expert until people finally just say, Oh, that guy's an expert. Yeah. You know? But um, there's that fine line because if you try to act like an expert and puff up your chest and act all like you have mm-hmm. all the answers, um, when you don't, people can see through that. Yep. If you're able to pull it off, sometimes it can be a little way of like boosting your profile, but it's it's not easy. And that reminds me of a, a I can't I don't have the quote in front of me, but something I put on I found and I put on Ice to the Brim a while ago was this quote about a guy, someone who said, if you make your thing about being an expert, that means you have a beginning and an end. But if you make your thing about discovery and learning, mm-hmm. if you if you're like that, like I'm not, then then it you don't really have an ending. Like it, it just keeps going. You're not limited, and it's more human. It's more honest. It's more real. Can we talk about the emulating thing right now? Because yeah, I feel like it'd be very easy to find if you're a, a wanted to be a blogger and you found a Derek Halpern. I feel like it would be very easy to imitate that tone because you think that that's how a blogger is supposed to talk right so so here this is this is another really critical aspect of finding your voice because it's so natural in fact i think everyone should do this you should look around at other people and for a little while emulate them you know look around for other people that you identify with and for a while when you're writing or doing videos or whatever walk in their shoes and feel how it feels to try to be that person for a little while the problem is eventually you have to there has to be a why in the road. You can't make a whole career of walking in someone else's shoes. You yep. you get to try them on for a while, 
and walk in their shoes. But eventually, there's a dangerous place where you don't develop your own personality, your own voice, because all you learn to do is copy. And and the other trouble with copying is that the person who's actually, you know, the Derek Halpern or the, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or the Seth Godin, the things that they do are based on a strategy that you don't get to see. All you get to see is the outcome and the tactics that they're using. So if you try to copy them, you're not following the strategic playbook that they are. And those tactics and, and outcomes aren't going to be, aren't going to work in the same way for you because you don't have all the glue to put them together in form of a strategy. So, and I think that even goes beyond finding your voice. It goes into even like picking what you're going to write and be an expert about. I think people get really into a topic and then they're like, Oh, I want to be this person. So they start talking about the same exact things and they try to copy and emulate them. And then they get, you know, three to six months down the road and they're like, well, I don't really know what I'm talking about or how I'm different or anything like that. Yep. So, so learning from mentors and walking in their shoes, that's encouraged. You should do that to kind of try on, you know, different outfits and feel how it is, but trying to become someone else or just, just copying them your whole career, that's going to prevent you from truly having a breakout and, and owning something, you know, having a, owning a space. So I have this list of five signs that you're trying to be someone else as opposed to um, being yourself. Okay. Okay. Let's can, I, can I run through these? Mm-hmm. So number one is that every time you need to make a decision about your business, you first check to see how your mentor or favorite whatever person is yeah. doing it. So instead of just doing something, you go and try to look for, hey, what does so-and-so think about this? Or how did mm-hmm. they do it? You know, and then you tweak whatever you're doing based on what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Eventually, you need to get to the place where you're just making decisions and doing it, and you don't care what other people are doing. Yep. Number two, and this is what Kayla brought up earlier, is that when your friends observe your work or read what you write, they comment that it doesn't really seem like you. Hmm. That's a really easy one. And, and the people that I like to lean on for this are close friends, even who may not care about the space that I'm in. You know, They might, may not care about building an online business or whatever. Yep. But for the first year year and a half of writing, blogging, um, I didn't really ever feel like myself and I got comments from my friends like, oh, you know, it's weird. I read, you know, what you wrote and I don't hear you in that. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get over that, but hearing that over and over again, you trust your closest friends to know who you truly are, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. So, so that's a good one. That's a really good one to use. Um, number three is that you have a hard time coming up with original content ideas. Hmm. If you sit down and you struggle to come up with content ideas, it probably means that you're copying someone else as opposed to See, that's creating interesting, from your I own think place. that's a that's a pretty big challenge in the first place. I mean, just coming up with content ideas can be tough, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and it becomes coming up with content ideas becomes really easy when you're not trying to copy other people, when you're inventing hmm. something yourself. And the corollary to that is being connected with your audience and listening to your audience and trying to just serve them as opposed to copying someone else. Yeah. Caleb, will you make a note of this? And hopefully we can swing back around to it in a little bit in this conversation. Um, mm-hmm. The impact of, of finding your vo- voice, quote unquote, on the actual business idea, you know, on the actual niche of your blog or of your online business or whatever. Because in some ways, finding my voice has been a big part of picking an, uh, a topic to talk about not yeah. just this blog post but this whole business right which uh, which is so the way they play on one another 
Not just in like, hey, I'm going to write about, you know, investment in my silly voice, right? It's like, I am a silly guy. I wouldn't pick writing on investment as a business. You know what I mean? Right. So finding that kind of yeah, thing has yeah, been important. Yeah, the topic is going to make a big difference, right? Yeah. Because that, like, that changes everything. Yeah. If, if you have to write about finance, like it just... Right, just the way you said it. If finance. you have to write about... <laughs> right. If you have to write about... Right. Blah, then you're, it's going to be... You're going to slog through it. Unless that's your true voice, unless yeah. you're the guy that loves finance and you come alive when you're talking about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Think about that. Like when you go to a party and you have conversations with people, what's the one that gets you really excited and you're like talking like a, a lot? Yeah. Versus like every other topic, you're like, man, you kind of let other people talk. Yeah, totally. You know? All right. So, number, yeah, wait, what are we on now? Which number? Number four. And of what? Five? Of five. What, go through one through four okay. really so quick. Just to recap, number one through three. So number, these are five signs that you're trying to be someone else in, and maybe copy someone else as opposed to using your own true voice. So number one is that every time you need to make a decision about your business, you first check to see how your mentor does it. Hmm. You're always looking to see how they do it first right. yeah. and then adapt your strategy. Number two is that when your friends observe your work, they comment that it doesn't really seem like you. Yeah. Number three is that you have a really hard time coming up with original content ideas. You're just looking around to see what other people are doing. Oh, I should write about that too. Yeah. Okay, now number four is that you feel really big emotional ups and downs based on the validation or lack thereof from other people. Ooh. That's very, I mean, that gets me because I am so guilty, I have been so guilty of that. And, mm-hmm. the, and you know, we're, we're, we're all infants. We all just want to be snuggled, right? But at the same time, there's, <laughs> been, me, Caleb? there's been times where it, in my life where I've been, I've stood more confidently or less confidently on the thing I just shipped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I shipped Fizzle, I didn't need, like I didn't, like when we were showing early episodes of this podcast to people and we'd get like some critical feedback that back, I didn't need, that didn't harm me. Right. Because I know we're getting better and I just, I'm so behind it. I know what this is. Right. This is me. Yeah. You know, this is like my plight. Right. And honestly, I haven't listened to a single pod, I mean, I, I listen to podcasts, but I haven't listened to one in the context of like, Oh, what does so and so say in this context, and how do they set it up so that I can mimic them? Yeah, I don't really care at this point. Yeah. Like I just, you know, this topic we feel so comfortable. But it's so about. interesting that the fact that to let that be a barometer for you, mm-hmm. how much do you need validation when you ship this thing? Yep, that's an indicator that that's an indicator that you're copying someone else, and it's an indicator because you're unsure about it. Yeah, it's an indicator at least that that you're unsure of, about yeah. it. It's like a Zen sort of thing. Yep. Right, it's like the key is to not need the thing, or the key is to not have the feeling, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the key is. Yeah, but it's fucking zen, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> am zen. I right? <laughs> You're always right when you talk about zen. You know, we should get Leo in here. Um, okay, what's number five? All right, number five is that you feel like you need permission before attempting anything that's different from what your peers or your social norms are. Yeah, like you feel like. If you're going to, like, you have to ask a bunch of people, like, what do you think if I did this or did that or whatever? Eventually, when you're, when you find your voice, you're just like, I don't care. I'm going to try this thing and see how it works out. You know, I don't need permission from someone yeah. else. It's a, it's and a confidence. It's interesting thing. that that is somehow re- partly related to number four in that for one of the big things for me is when I start to get, when I start to get, like look for validation from my audience instead of my peers. Yeah. Like if I'm writing Father Apprentice and I'm looking for and I, and I and I start caring more about what like the guys reading the site think than a what a Corbett Barra a fellow blogger thinks about things. Yeah. That's an important thing to me. I feel like that 
that's when I'm I'm starting to make more of that focus towards an all in on this blog. You mm. know what I mean? On this business, this direction. This is more of who I am rather than I'm one of the guys that sits at the table with the bloggers. You right. know what I mean? Like right. that. It, you know, we're we're humans. We're we all have this kind of infatuation with celebrity. Yeah. We all want to be at that table. Whatever table. And then there's the sad day when you're like, oh, those people aren't really all that special. Right? <laughs> when it's just like, oh, they totally have acne. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, or and, and like uh, not interesting conversations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, what, what, oh, I don't know. Nobody I know really has acne. And even if they did, it wouldn't be bad. I don't know why I said that. But the point being like. <laughs> you, I feel like you're like breaker. monitoring your own social sensitivity here. Like, I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm learning out loud. Um, At least we're starting with acne and not something Yeah, more exactly. Severe. Well. You wouldn't want me starting more severe. Caleb, when you <laughs> when you um started blogging, how long has it been now? Like two over two years, right? For you? Yeah, like Yeah, two years, four months yeah. or so. So when you started, do you recall looking for people and really just emulating them? Like, oh, how does JD Roth write this blog post and picking it apart and Oh, absolutely. And I did that for a while. I was just writing posts like posts I would want to read on their sites, like on Get Rich Lily or Simple Dollar or something. And then when I stopped doing that, I was like, oh, this is me. This is more how I would write. And I added more opinion. It was less about facts and boring numbers and tactics and stuff. And that's when people started like engaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think number five that you just brought up is it's like the same as number four, but it happens before and it happens with people you trust. So you're like, oh, I'm going to go do this thing, but I'm weary about it. And like that should be your heads up signal. But when you go to talk to people, you want them to validate what you're doing because you can't yourself validate this idea that you have because you aren't confident enough. Really. Right. Yeah. I see two. I, I kind of separate it into two things. Mm-hmm. It's important for uh, like, first of all, is your voice a thing that can be found? Right. And I have an interesting quote from Stephen Pressfield. Can I read this? Please. Okay. By all means, it's a. I'll allow it. It's a. You know, Stephen Pressfield's sort of my guy when it comes to writing. Like it's. It, I just. I like I said. He's your go-to guy. As soon as you're like, hmm, finding your voice. What does Stephen Pressfield think the about one that? One thing I did for research for this. Yeah. Um, and I found an awesome article. I feel like you haven't found your voice on finding your voice. I don't know how to find my voice <laughs> That's about deep and meta at the same time. Um, so here's meta. what Pressfield says: The critical fact to remember is that the writer's voice is artificial. It's an act of artifice crafted by the professional to achieve a specific effect in a work of the imagination. It's not the, quote, real writer's voice. And if you try to find your own, you'll drive yourself crazy because you don't really exist. And I don't either. No matter how convincingly anybody tells us that we do or how much we choose to believe it. Okay. This is, and he's coming from a very poignant point of view. Right. And I think he's also specifically speaking to guys who are writing fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys and gals who are writing fiction. But uh, the point being what he says, and I think this is very interesting, because uh, from one of those Zen perspectives of, you know, you don't exist. You will be bashing your head against a wall until oblivion if you're trying to find out who you are by writing you know what i mean or if you need to find out who you are before you write or if you don't ship this thing until you know this is exactly you there's no one-to-one correspondence between the things we make 
and us. And there may not ever, even when he, you know, and I think he's getting quite mystical with the like, you don't exist and neither do I. Um, and, but the point still stands about this idea of can you really find your voice? And is it like other things for me? Well, well first of all, can you can really you find, find your, voice? your voice? So two caveats to that. I mean, one is, you're right, he's talking about fiction, which I think is a little bit different from blogging or whatever, yeah. where you're talking directly to the audience and using a lot of your own examples. Um, the second thing, though, is that you said something about if you haven't figured out how, who you are, you're not going to figure out who you are through your writing. Yeah. And I think that's true. My point about finding your voice isn't about figuring out who I am and what I'm into. It's about fully expressing myself through my writing in a voice that fits with who I really am. So for the first 15 or 16 months or whatever of blogging, I came off like Caleb was saying that he did, sort of like newscaster style, you know, like I'm going to write these short sentences and yep. not necessarily express, you know, opinions, mm -hmm. just matter of fact yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I broke through all of that at mm -hmm. some point, and I have this post, which we've mentioned in other episodes, it's called 33 Things I've Never Told You. And basically, and, and the subtext to that is, or how to reintroduce yourself and kick your watered down self in the ass. And to me, that's how I felt when I didn't, I didn't have my voice yet. I felt watered down, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I wasn't coming through with the depth of my personality in my writing. And to get to that place, I think there's really, for me at least, there were two major components. The first was simply courage, because it really takes guts to put yourself out there because you know yeah. like if, if you're not writing as your true self then people can critique it all they want and it's more like they're just critiquing this you know thing that you made up it's not really you yeah so that's a little protective layer the second thing though is that it does take writing ability to be able to express yourself and that is just going to take practice you know writing practice to get to the point where you can say what you really think and how you really feel um, in a way that really connects with an audience. Yeah. So, but for me, when I did finally find my voice, that opened up a whole bunch of doors. Yeah. People started connecting with me, engaging more through the writing. And when I went places, they felt like they knew me. Like you were talking about with podcasting. Yeah. The same thing can happen with writing. If you're a good writer, yep. people will feel like they know you as well. Hey guys, I'm going to interrupt here for a second and drop in a little clip from an interview that we did with Steve Cam of nerdfitness.com and this is how he found his voice this is from uh, an interview we did at fizzle fizzle.co where where we you know it's a, that's our premium stuff that's our that's our that's our training for people who want to build an online business that they care about and that they're proud of so if you haven't checked that out please do check that out uh, as well but here is steve cam talking about how he found his voice I just started writing articles for Nerd Fitness. I want to say this is January of 2009. Yeah, January of 2009. And I was writing five articles a week. Wow. For nine months while working this full-time job. And these articles were not the typical Nerd Fitness articles that you see today, but they were the articles that I thought I was supposed to be writing. Huh. Like the short 300 to 500 words because nobody's going to read anything longer than 500 words, yeah, as yeah. they tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be lists and bullet points and that, you know because that's every fitness website I went to that's sure. how they did it yeah. it's like if that's what they're doing I should probably be doing the same thing so I wrote articles like that five days a week mm -hmm. for nine months and I think in nine months I had like 90 email subscribers maybe wow, like 90 yeah. email on RSS so I did the math it came out to like I would gain half a reader 
for every article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is just uh, not a good return on investment. Fortunately, at this point, I stumbled across Adam Baker's How to Not Suck at Blogging article. <laughs> okay. And I read it, and I went through all of the points, and I was like, damn, dude, I suck at blogging. <laughs> it was like, I was writing, like, I was writing really generic content, and like some, like the very few times I would actually write really nerdy things, yeah. people resonated with it, and then I would go back to writing like more fitness tips that had nothing to do with it. Sure. And it just wasn't getting any traffic. Um, and that's when I made the decision. I was like, okay, we're going to change how Nerd Fitness is going to run. Instead of five articles a week, we're going to switch to two articles a week. I'm going to inject as much Steve Cam personality into these articles mm-hmm. as possible, pump them full of research, nerdy references, write them in the same way that I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to say it's like Family Guy, but it almost is like every once in a while there's like a sentence in the middle of an article. It's like you know, a, a re- reference, like some sort of metaphor yep. to some YouTube video totally. that if you click on it, you know, like you get the inside joke. Like, okay, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then the rest of the article still makes sense and you get to move on. Yeah. But I started writing in a way that actually made me happy. Mm-hmm. And I started writing about things that really interested me and writing in a way that the nerd part of nerd fitness actually stood out. Mm. And almost overnight, nerd fitness like jumped. Really? I started connecting with, actually emailed Baker and said, hey man, I just want to say thank you so much for this article. And he had just put a post out saying like, I'm trying to get healthy. And I was like, dude, if I can help you in any way, let me know. I don't want any money. I just, I want to help you. Yeah. Because you've already given me so much in this one article. Yeah. And he said, like, dude, I got like probably 10, 20 people email me saying they'd like to help and they run fitness websites. You're the only one that actually resonated with me. I clicked through to it. He's like, if I can help you in any way, let me know. Yeah. So then he started kind of like pushing my stuff on on um oh, nice. on Twitter and Facebook. And and then I reached out to Brett from artofmanliness.com, mm, yeah. whose community I really admired up to that point. Yeah. And we had been bouncing a couple emails back and forth. Again, never asked him for anything. It was just like I'm a huge fan. I love what you're doing. Thanks for the inspiration. Yeah. And eventually he saw that my email address was like Steve at Nerd Fitness. And he was like, oh, by the way, like I clicked through to your site um, and saw that you had just written a post for somebody else. He's like, let me know when you want to write for Art of Manliness. Oh, cool. I was like, yeah. Okay, I'm on to something here. Like after yeah. nine months of suck. All right, finding your voice. Wasn't that good? Maybe you have something to show some friends to see if they, say, they think it sounds like you. Or maybe you realize that you're having a hard time coming up with topic ideas because none of them are, are really you. Or hopefully you feel more confident starting from an honest place. You can only say what you can say after all, right? If you've liked this, you know, we've just launched and it would mean the world if you would, if you would provide a review for us in iTunes. You can go to iTunes and find the show and then you can see this little button where it says, you know, leave a review. Um, click that and, and give us an honest review. And here's the thing. If you ask us a question in that review, we're going to try to answer all of all those questions for you. We're going to do our best to get to them. So, you know, tell us what you think of the show. Ask us a specific question about your business, and we'll do our darndest to answer that live on the air. Thanks. If you, if you do do that, thank you very much. It means a lot. It helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find the show. And if you need any more information, you can head over to fizzleshow.com. That's F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com. And get on the list to be notified. Thanks so much, and we'll talk tomorrow when we air the next part of this conversation.